Hello, hello. You are listening to Why the World Needs You podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Fritz. This podcast has been created to empower you to become the person you've always wanted to be. The journey is difficult and the challenges are many, but the rewards of being true to yourself are immeasurable. The objective of this show is to give you a safe, supportive space to learn, gain inspiration, and witness the true power and freedom that comes with becoming the person that you are meant to be. Why the World Needs You is a community of purpose-driven individuals who are passionate, gifted, and have a zest for life. They deeply desire to share their unique voice and gifts in order to make the world a better place for themselves and future generations. They are pulled to a different way of living and a higher purpose, while remaining grounded in their desire to engage and contribute in practical ways. My goal is for you to walk away from each episode with confidence and conviction, sharing your authentic self with the world, as well as a deepening understanding of your potential to impact the world in a way that makes sense to you. I'm honored to have this privilege. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day and your journey. Hello, and welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Fritz, and today I have Lindsay Antman here with me. Lindsay Antman is a certified mind-body nutrition coach and yoga teacher. Inspired by a personal history of disordered eating and thinking around food, as well as her training in nutrition science and psychology, Lindsay founded her coaching business, Mind Body Kitchen, in 2018. Through her personalized programs, Lindsay guides her clients to transform their relationship with food and dives deep into their unique life experiences in order to realize the true roots of any unwanted eating behaviors, excess weight, poor digestion, or low energy and mood. Lindsay's passion is helping people live their life with health and confidence, find freedom, and discover their wholeness from the inside out. Lindsay, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Ben. Uh, well, I'm really excited to have this conversation. We met, let's see, it's it's kind of hard. I feel like time these days is like really hard to, yeah, like we're, we're in a twilight zone, I feel like with the, the whole corona thing. Um, but what, we've known each other for six months or so now? Probably not even like that. Yeah, yeah not even because we met through... Uh, a woman through a networking group and it was funny because <laughs> I was the like the youngest person in the room at this networking group and I actually it was, it was kind of funny it was my first ta- time at this meeting and I got picked on to like come up to the front of the room and do a 30 second speech about like you know my my 30 second elevator pitch basically and which was terrifying in its own right um, but it was funny because as the youngest person in the room, everybody got to know me immediately. And I was talking about millennials and the fact that I generally help millennials and and that's like who I coach. So anyways, I was immediately known as like the millennial in the room and the the woman that connected us, Tina, it was funny because I talked to her a little bit afterwards and she was really great. got on a call with her because she's a life coach. And so we talked about some things But she was like, oh, you should connect to this girl because she's a millennial. (laughs) And it was just like, I mean, I think she saw the kind of people we are and the work that we're doing and saw that we have a a similar vibe and things like that. But it was just funny because to me, it sounded like, hey, you're a millennial. I know a millennial. You connect with with them. (laughs) It was kind of great, though, because I'm like you, where I'm always the youngest person in the room. And 
I don't know about you, but I kind of pride myself on being an old soul. So I definitely mm-hmm. connect with older people, even when I, uh, for my business, when I want to attract younger individuals, I always end up working with the older ones. It just kind of, it happens that way. But yeah, that was really cool that she connected us. And ever since we've just been vibing, having great conversations. Yeah, no, like you said, so, so appreciative of the connection. And it's just one of those things that I definitely feel like it was meant to be. Um, You know, I've we've known each other not that long. Um, we met in person because we live close to each other, which is awesome. Uh, and immediately, you know, we, we've probably talked to each other, what a total of a few hours or something like that, like half a day. And, um, I I feel like I've known you for years, so I'm just super excited to, to have this conversation and, and share with people your, your journey. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So why don't we start there? Um, obviously, we touched on a little bit of it in the intro there, but what's kind of go back, let us know what your background is, you know, talk about disordered eating, things like that. Um, what did all that look like? How'd you get to what you're doing now? Totally. So I'll just jump right in. Feel free to cut me off at any point. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I ramble, you know how it is, but <laughs> So, yeah, so I founded Mind Body Kitchen in 2018. Um, it's an interesting long story how I came up with the idea. I won't go into that. But uh, what I do now is I offer a dynamic approach to food, lifestyle, and health coaching that allows me to meet my clients where they're at with, you know, being in the nutrition and fitness industry. I think that's so important. It's not always the case. Um, I was trained by Mark David. He's the founder of the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. So the focus of mind-body nutrition and eating psychology, it really takes um, into account the whole human experience with food. I also apply a more feminine archetype approach um, that is very much needed and lacking in the mainstream nutrition and fitness industry today. So for those who don't know what I'm talking about, um, I'll just say that, you know, I help people reach their goals without meal planning, without tracking, without counting or excessive worry and stress around food. In fact, I help them move away from those techniques, which are actually ineffective long-term. So when you think of masculine versus feminine archetype energies, that's kind of more masculine. You think intense exercise, counting, analyzing logic. Feminine is more feeling, intuition. So um, that's kind of where intuitive eating comes from, listening to your own body, getting in touch with yourself so that you can pay attention to what your body needs nutritionally. Um, It's pretty smart. So how I got into this, You know, I was one of those very, you know, there's a lot, it's more common than it should be for, you know, men and women, but more so women, I feel, to get into this cycle of thinking I'm not good enough as I am and watching their weight and restricting themselves around food and calories and what have you. Um, That's become the norm. And that makes me really sad. So, but that was me. It started in high school, led me all the way through college. And I was also a competitive urban hip hop dancer rehearsing, I don't know, 10 hours a week. So I was definitely undernourishing myself, but it's fascinating because at the time I didn't think that I was quote unquote dieting. I thought I was just doing what was healthy. I thought I was doing the right thing. And I was also studying nutrition and dietetics. That's what I got my degree in. So I'm like, 
yeah, I'm just doing the right thing. And I was educating my friends and my family. And I was like, you know, cut out bread, cut out fat, cut out dairy, you know, it's all bad for you. And, um, before I knew it, I was down to a hundred pounds. That was actually my goal weight. And I got there and I was so unhappy. I was so unhappy. I was like, damn it. I worked this hard to get here. And I'll never forget the moment I stepped on the scale. I saw 100 and I was like, holy cow. Like I did it like, woohoo. And I was happy for like a split second. And then I was just at a complete loss. I felt like, well, now what, you know? And in that moment, like, I'll never forget it. I, I thought for a moment, well, what if I just lose another five pounds? What if I did that? Because for some reason it wasn't enough, even though that was my goal. And that's how people get into that cycle of, well, let me just lose a little more. Let me just lose a little more. We get caught in this, I'll be happy when syndrome, or I'll be confident. I'll be sexy. I'll be successful. I'll be worthy enough when fill in the blank. I lose the weight. I drop a dress size, you know? So I caught myself right then and there. I was, you know, embodied enough to realize, okay, that's not the road I want to go down because that's, that can be pretty dangerous. So I flipped it around and I struggled for the next couple of years. I battled with binge eating and um, a little bit of bulimia and it was chaos and I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know who to turn to. Like, who do I see a therapist and how do they know about this whole mind, body nutrition and, you know, that. So I just kind of, healed myself on my own over time, I started to come back to the idea of nourishing myself with food and slowly letting go of judgment. And I think yoga really helped with that. Um, So that journey definitely helped me, you know, coming from competitive dancing to yoga, which is complete embodiment, being okay with where you're at so that you can move forward. Um, and over time, it just naturally came into this place of, okay, here I am, this is what I eat and this is how I live. And I like, I like my body. I'm okay in my body. And it was around the time that I decided to start my business that I found the Institute for the psychology of eating. And they had a course coming up in a few months and I was like, hell yeah, I'm signing up. This is exactly what I need because even though I knew in my heart how I wanted to help people with nutrition and lifestyle based on my own experience and what I know, they gave me all the tools that I needed to help people on a much deeper level. Love it. Thank you for sharing everything. Oh man. It's, it's hard to, to hear this because I actually just talked to somebody recently um, that was on the pod, but she her business now is more, it's coaching women, um, but it's much more from the, the fitness angle. So I'm excited that we get to talk more on the food side of things today because it's super important, but kind of like when I was talking to her, it's just sad, like you were saying that this is, it's almost like it's the norm these days. Like it's so, so common. And so, I, I mean, I share that, that sadness and frustration with you, you know, for, for anybody that doesn't know. I was in the fitness industry as well. Like that's kind of where my roots are. And um, I competed twice in in physique competitions. And so I saw that world too. And just like bikini competitors, it's just so unhealthy the way that it's gone about. And the sad thing is that with bikini competitors, a lot of what I saw was girls getting into that 
because they wanted to boost their self-worth, right? Because they wanted to feel good that they could do this and they could look that. And so to bring that to a point, that's exactly what it sounds like is kind of at the base of it for you. And what you do is you have to kind of um, address the, the very, very emotional aspects of this before you can really make this kind of broad scale, long-term progress. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you say that too. I'll, I'll share a documentary that I watched. If you've ever seen embrace it's um, directed by an Australian woman. It's brilliant. And one of the scenes in that documentary was the fitness competitions. And, and they were alluding to how all the women on that stage, right. They have, I don't know what's a healthy body fat percentage for women, but like, not really, it's like 8%, 9%, whatever it is, but they're all muscular and toned and they're in this competition. Yet all of those women backstage are obsessing over food and how they look. And you get to that point and it's still never enough. So I I do sometimes share that with my clients. If it gets to a point where, you know, weight loss is on their mind and, oh, I know I got to like focus on this. And, you know, usually people who come to work with me understand that my approach is a little different. And sometimes that's why they come to me. Um, But still it's hard because the world we live in makes us think that our, you know, in order to be healthy, you have to follow certain guidelines. You have to look a certain way. Otherwise you're not healthy. And it's, you know, I don't even know where I was going with that point, but it's just health is so much more than how we look. It's how we feel. And it's also addressing the thoughts that we have around food and around our bodies. And you could be, you know, incredibly healthy from the inside out and you could have an amazing body, but if your mental health and your emotional health, because of the negative thoughts that you're telling yourself day in and day out, to me, that's not health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I was getting at too. It's just like, the, the, yeah, the, the picture of what we are kind of shown or sold as what healthy is, is just, such a lie (laughs) really. And, um, that was one of the problems I had in the fitness industry. Um, and so like a lot of what I did was similar to you in an idea, like the, the tools and stuff I had were not nearly as robust as what you do, which is awesome. Um, but it was so much based around how do I create a sustainable lifestyle and how do I shift these mental, emotional, you know, thoughts, about food or about my body and my thoughts and emotions around eating. Because really, like you said, at the end of the day, what are we talking about when it comes to health? If (laughs) physical health is only one portion of who we are. Mm -hmm. And if we don't address the other aspects like mental, emotional, we're always going to be lacking in some way. And I feel like that's kind of the moment you had on the scale, right? You were just like, wait a second is this all about the physical or is there more to this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You, you gotta have the awareness with yourself to constantly be tuning in, checking in, like where am I at and how do I feel about this goal or goals that I have in terms of my health? And, you know, I want to share this and depending on where you're at on your journey and how you take it is that it really is a journey. 
And for some, that's scary to hear because we're, we're a society about quick fixes. Everything mm-hmm. is a quick fix. If, you're, if your internet doesn't load within two seconds, you're freaking out, right? So we have to get off this quick fix train and realize that it's a journey. And just speaking in terms of nutrition, what you need, what your body needs, is going to change throughout the lifespan. Like that's inevitable. So we can't be on this search for the perfect diet, the perfect way to eat for all people all the time because that doesn't exist. Sorry to tell you, I learned the hard way. <laughs> it's it's really what I teach my clients is the, the tools that they need lifelong to constantly be checking in and, and learning how to address those nutritional needs from the inside out, connecting the head brain with the gut brain And just going about your life without that judgment is so key. You know, like what I ate yesterday is completely different from what I ate today because I've found my flow and I'm still finding my flow every single day. So it really is a journey and it's a process. And even when you think you have it all figured out, um, there's more, there's always more to learn. I was, um, we had our graduation conference, if you will, last year in uh, 2019. It was in Colorado. It was amazing. People who took this course from all over the world. And it was a five-day conference. It was actually pretty intense, like a lot of emotion and a lot of energy in one room. And Mark David had us doing all these different exercises. And, you know, we as the coaches doing them for ourselves, our own relationship with food and our body. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun, you know, because I'm, I'm helping people. I'm on the other side now. Like I've already been down that road, but I can't even tell you how much more I learned and how much more healing happened in those five days. Like it's just a never ending journey and mm-hmm. you, you, you got to get excited about that. Yeah. I, I so appreciate you bringing that up because it's just so important to know. And like you said, for a lot of people, I think that is really scary at first but it's kind of like the sooner you can accept that, the sooner you can actually embark on the journey of healing and and actually getting, you know, I, I, like I was going to say getting better. I don't like that, how that came out, but like really finding yourself and, and getting more in touch with yourself is truly it at the end of the day. Because like, as you're saying this, you know, I'm seeing the same kind of like parallels with how I help people and with their journeys, just kind of figuring out their life direction and their, their, their work and things like that. But you have to know, you, you have to know that it's going to be a journey. And if you're looking for quick fixes, I think for me, it's always like one of my favorite phrases is get curious. Why are you looking for quick fixes? What is it that you want? And then why? Like, always go a level deeper because there's something else there. (laughs) If you, and again, we'll go back to the scale moment, right? Like when you're in that situation, when you're there, it's just an oh shit moment of, oh, there's actually a feeling beneath the feeling that I'm searching for. And so anyways, I kind of tangented off of what the original point was there, but just like understanding that it is a journey and then acceptance is one part. But then I think if you can go from acceptance to embracing, then you're really putting yourself in a position to be successful because you said the word flow. And I love that word because it's so 
critical and uh, well, like you can live your life without ever feeling this kind of flow, but it sucks because <laughs> like I've been there and you can build so much resistance in your life. And so with this, we're talking about eating. There's just such a negative energy around it for most people. It's such a, there's, there's all this resistance. Um, you know, my, my wife has struggled with eating for a good portion of her life as well. So I've seen it in her because it wasn't really too much of an issue for me, but I just see how hard it is for her and how like deep seated all these, these, um, thoughts and behaviors and emotions are, but it's like, if you can start seeing things from a bigger picture, um, just long-term, I want to get better. I want to go on this journey and figure things out instead of, I need to be 20 pounds less by the end of the month. Like (laughs) you're just, you're, you're, you're kind of like setting yourself up for failure in that, in that latter situation. So again, I just rambled a bunch there. Um, but, but you made a couple good points. Um, yeah. So I was going to say, go for, go for any of them. <laughs> well, the why and the flow, I want to touch on those. So this, uh, I don't know if you follow Dean Graziosi, but his seven layers of why, um, mm. it's incredible. And one thing that we need to consider too, is that if you, okay, sit myself in a room or give myself, I don't know, 10 minutes and say, okay, why do I want to lose weight? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Why? Okay. That like to ask that question, why over and over and over again, you can't always come to a conclusion in a short amount of time. Sometimes that that's a journey that could take a year to figure out two years, five years to figure out, okay, what is the deeper meeting? So for me, you know, you mentioned the scale moment because it really was, you know, so pivotal for me. But it wasn't until that moment after it it had probably been two, maybe three years of counting calories and watching my weight until I hit that next level of why, where I stepped on the scale and I realized, oh, I'm not happy. I thought I would be. So why am I not happy? It's because I didn't really want weight loss. What I wanted was to feel good about my body and I still Mm -hmm. don't. And it's not because of the number on the scale. So what's next? So the, the levels of why, you know, like you say, be curious, that is a never ending process. And even when you reach the end, there's something new to explore, which Mm -hmm. is so exciting. And then, you know, you mentioned about flow and it kind of ties into what I just said Um, I love the analogy of like flowing water, because if you think about the human body, it's two thirds water. We are water pretty much. So if we think we're going to find the perfect diet or the perfect exercise routine, that's just going to work forever. And it's going to get us exactly where we want to go in life. That's very small thinking because your body is a flow. Like it changes the water in the ocean. One day it's crashing and big waves and then the next day it's still and sometimes you need to be in the stillness you need to have that pause before the next flow and the next rush of waves comes in and pick that momentum back up so like oh I'm going on a tangent too but you know even in business we talk a lot about momentum and how important that is momentum, momentum, but sometimes you need to pause and reflect and that's the stillness of the water before you can pick up the flow again. So, 
um, just keeping that in mind for your, your health journey, your fitness journey, whatever you're on is that the layers of why can sometimes be so deep that you may not figure it out right away. It's a process and having someone beside you to kind of help you get through that is so key. You know, I didn't have that and, but I still got there. I just know that, you know, you know, cause even when I went through this program, I learned so much more about my own relationship with food and body. So having that person to kind of walk you through it and see things from a different perspective can help you go down that travel, that journey of why and what it, what is it that I really want? What is it that I'm doing? And then just keeping in mind that you are a body of water. Like you're going to flow. There's going to be change. There's going to be ups and downs. And can you learn to wa- ride the wave? I, I, I say that all the time because it's so key. Yeah. It truly is so important to figure out the why. So like the layers of why I love that. And then too, like you were talking about having somebody there. It's funny. I had a conversation with a guy yesterday. I had I had seen this guy, like we were in a group together on Facebook and I was just like very pulled to what he posted about. He's feeling very stuck in his career and with his family and stuff like that. And so I was like, Hey, like, let's, let's talk. Let me see if I can help you. I'm not selling you anything. Like, let's just, I'd, I'd love to help. Cause I just, I felt his, like, I'm, I'm a very like energetic vibey person. And I could just tell he was so, he was just like reaching. Right. Um, but we talked and the interesting thing was that in half an hour, there were a couple points where he was like, oh, I never thought of things like that. And really what we got to, so many of the things that he's like pushing and striving for and causing him all this kind of like undue stress and pressure on himself, we were able to narrow down like, hey, this is actually where you're getting a lot of your enjoyment and you have this right now. Like, like this is part of your life right now. But what I wanted to get to about that was not only the perspective, like me coming in and helping shift perspective for him was eye opening, but then too, exactly what you were mentioning is it was about a feeling. And this I think is really, really important is that we as human beings are feeling creatures. Everything we do is centered around feelings. And what's interesting is that we live in a very um, thought and mind based society. We've, we've placed a lot of our, our energy and our focus on our mental capacity, which is great. But when it really comes down to it, we are energetic. We are feeling beings. We're, we're just, we're emotional, right? Like that's, every part of us. So understanding the feeling that you want, that's truly the power of like the layers of why basically as you're stripping away kind of these um, superficial layers to get down to what is the feeling you're searching for? So like with this guy that I talked to, we were able to find that feeling and that feeling, then you can start to, you can realize that there's multiple roads to this feeling. There's other ways to get to this feeling other than just the one way that you're looking at that you're like bashing your head against the wall. It's like for this guy, it was work for the people that you work with. It's food. And like your story, it was food. And like, Hey, this is what you're searching for. This is that thing underneath everything 
that you 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 want you're looking for and that to me is why it's absolutely critical and and for people listening to understand the things that you want on the surface level this is why we say get curious dig deeper ask the why multiple times find the feeling that's underneath all of that what are you actually searching for mm-hmm. yeah i love that you brought that up i actually you know when we first kind of dove into this quarantine where we're at right now stay at home uh so i don't know it was six seven weeks ago i wrote this uh i wrote a, a blog post on comfort eating and emotional eating and like you said, you know, we are feeling creatures, yet we live in such a society that kind of dominates logic and, and thinking and being smart about things. So when, you know, I've done this, we've all done this, people find themselves in a moment of comfort eating, emotional eating, they, they stop and they realize, holy crap, I just ate a whole bag of chips. Like, why did that happen? (laughs) Right. And it's, it's if we can, you know, the, the tendency is to want to judge right away. We want to, we want to, fa- we want to shame ourselves, guilt ourselves. Why did I just do that? That's so against what I want long term. Let's say it's weight loss. Why did I do that? Pause and recognize that you are an emotional being, and we all emotionally eat because you could be eating and experiencing emotions at the same time. Think about when you go to a birthday party or a holiday and family comes together, you are emotionally eating because you are eating at the table and you're experiencing feelings, happiness, gratitude, celebration, love, or you just broke up with your partner and you're sitting at the table and it's dinner time, yet you're feeling sad and depressed and upset and frustrated and angry. Yet we label it as comfort eating and emotional eating, which it very well is. But if you find that you're having those experiences where you're going to the kitchen or you're sitting down in front of the TV and all of a sudden you just ate all this food, well, acknowledge that there probably was an emotion behind it. There was something that drove that behavior. And rather than shaming the behavior, get in touch with the feeling what was it that I was feeling in that moment? What was it that I actually needed in that moment? And maybe it was food. Like we, we got to stop shaming food because for some people that is a very healthy coping mechanism or coping tool. And other times it's not so healthy, especially long-term, right? So we got to get in touch with, okay, what is the meaning behind this behavior and how can I address that? So it's just important to look at the big picture, like you said. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing there and what we're both talking about, kind of from a big picture perspective, but then, you know, figuring out what you want, like doing this stripping of the layers of of why, like what's underneath that. And then even just like you're saying, um, the more granular level of, you know, each meal, a lot of what we're talking about is taking a moment (laughs) like you have to be able to take some time and give yourself some space to reflect and to contemplate to think and going back to kind of the immediate gratification thing with our society the other aspect 
of of who we are as a society is like we are so busy, right? We are just running from one thing to the next. We're just go, go, go. I have to do this. I have to get there. I have this meeting. I have to like, we're just always going. And, and I know this is, this is a big part of my story too, is like being able to slow myself down um, both in my head, both physically, but like <laughs> from, from every level. But what happens, and this is what I see with my clients is they, they get to a point where they are five, 10, 15 years out of school and they don't know what, like they're unhappy. They, that's all they know. They, they feel unhappy. They feel stuck. I have one conversation with them and I ask them like what their goals are or like where they want to be in the next five years or so. And they have no idea because they haven't thought about it. And it seems so silly and they often feel silly in those conversations. And it's like, it's not a big deal because we weren't taught it. But that's kind of the point here is like, we were not taught to slow down, to do things mindfully, to think about our actions before we act, to contemplate why we acted in a certain way. And so for me, as you were talking, that was like the feeling that I'm getting is you were talking and I'm just feeling like a little bit slower. I'm feeling a little bit like I have some more space and we just go about our lives in such a just such a a crazy obnoxious pace. And so all these types of things, everything we're talking about falls through the cracks when you're doing that, because we're not giving ourselves time and space to feel, to be, to think, to reflect. And so that for me, I just kind of wanted to share that. Like I was getting that vibe as you were talking, it was just like, we have to allow ourselves the time and space to be very, conscious and intentional about what's happening in our lives. And until we give ourselves the time and the space to do that, there's going to be some level of misalignment with, with our bodies, with our minds, with our emotions. Um, so I think that's, that's what I was feeling as you were talking. <laughs> that's a really great point. And it's actually so essential that we have those moments throughout our day, throughout our week where we slow down because that's what our body, so can I share a little bit of science? Go for it. <laughs> I'll Absolutely. try not to get too technical. So the body, when it's in fight or flight, that's like sympathetic nervous system dominance, right? And then parasympathetic nervous system dominance is that rest and digest. So we need a bit of both, but the majority of our society today is living in low to moderate chronic fight or flight, whether they know it or not. Um, stress is not just when you're ill or when something really traumatic happens. It could be subtle, you know, daily negative self-talk or being in a negative relationship or being really unhappy at your job. That is causing stress in the body. The optimal state for our body, for our health, especially when it comes to weight loss and digestion and fat burning and muscle building is that parasympathetic nervous system that rest and digest. And so if our body needs to be in that state in order to do those things, to digest our food, to relax, to metabolize, to just process the day, that could be one of many reasons why people turn to food subconsciously without knowing because it's the body's biological, psychological way of giving you exactly what you need. So 
you know, so I dealt with binge eating, right? And I was like, why the hell did that just happen? What was I doing there? But if you notice, you know, everybody's had that experience, Thanksgiving, you eat a bunch of food, you're in a food coma, right? We've all had that experience of being so lethargic and tired, and we just want to sit on the couch and do nothing after we eat a bunch of food. Well, think about it. You get to a point of eating so much food where your body has no choice but to tell you to stop what you're doing, slow down, pause, and relax. So for people that are go, go, go all day long, finally you get home, you're on the couch, and all you want to do is just like eat and decompress because it actually helps you to relax. So A, nothing wrong with that. B, when it's an undesirable behavior that you're always reaching for food to help you cope, that's when it's time to, you know, ding, have that awareness light bulb and say, okay, this is what I'm doing and it's not always serving me. What other ways can I help myself slow down and pause and reflect? And not just at the end of the day, like maybe you can plan various times throughout your day where you can just give yourself that space and be still and allow whatever needs to come through, come through and process because your body needs that, your mind needs that. So um, that came to mind as you were talking. So I wanted to kind of share that piece for anyone who's struggling with that specifically. Yeah, I love that. And that's such an important piece to understand um, because we do spend so much time in that state and then being in that state has consequences. (laughs) So, you know, like what you're mentioning um, to another thing I was thinking as you were talking, I, I know we both really love and just so appreciate the power of intuition. And I feel like this is a good time to talk a little bit about that because so much of that has to do with exactly what we're talking about of, of slowing down, being a little bit more intentional and, just, yeah, like creating more self-awareness, creating, I don't know, for me, it's like, like, I'm kind of visual. So I'm like, oh, like we have to create this container for ourselves where we can kind of get curious and just explore. Like, <laughs> I just always come back to that. Like, get curious about yourself and your feelings and your thoughts. Like, try to understand these things on a deeper level because knowing those things are going to be so, so like just so incredibly informative for making change in your life. And intuition is, is kind of the ultimate, right? Like if we can get to a place where we can listen to our body's innate wisdom, because it is there, this goes back to what we were talking about, kind of the, the, the difference between, um, you know, thinking about our, our intellect from, from our brain, right. And then also the, our, our wisdom from our body. And we've, we've gotten so far away from that because of how we're living. So I want to make that connection and I wanted to let you talk on that because I know we're both like so passionate about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're so passionate about it because we, we know that it's a thing. We know that it's there and we've kind of figured out how to tap into our own intuition. And I'll, I'll be honest. I sometimes I I use the word intuition a lot and every now and then I'll stop and be like, you know, what really is intuition and how can I teach this to people? Um, Cause it's, 
challenging. It's not easy to teach something that's like kind of so far out there. It's, it's not logic. It's not mathematical. It's not something that you can see or hold or touch, but it's something that you feel. And again, you know, coming back to when we were talking about feelings, we get so, uh, some people get kind of afraid of, of that. Right. So mm -hmm. intuition is something that we all have. We all have it. It's just about knowing how to tap into it and when to use it. And it doesn't have to be this crazy complicated thing or, you know, you don't have to sit and meditate for like an hour before you have the ability to tap into your intuition. Like it's always there. It's always available. I picture when I see, you know, where intuition comes from, I kind of see like a web. It's so many things that are interconnected within you. It's, you know, things such as knowing your why, knowing your purpose. What is it that you want? What is it that you truly want? And how do you want to feel that can help guide you along towards your intuition? Um, so knowing what it is that you want, knowing what it is, how you want to feel and just past experiences. Again, just being aware. Like I know this kind of sounds like woo woo and it's probably not making any sense. Um, but I'm sure you can come up with an example of a time in your life where you just felt something, you know, one person was maybe telling you, you should do this, this is really good for you, or, you know, do that, that's the right thing to do. And something just didn't feel right. Usually, it's like a physical feeling. Um, you might feel it in your stomach, you might feel like a pressure in your chest, you might feel it in your throat or in your head. But you can use physical sensations as an indicator of when your intuition is trying to speak and trying to tell you that something's a little off and you may not always get it right the first time, but recognizing, Oh, maybe that's not the right thing. Well, what about this? And what about that? It's kind of like trial and error. So I don't know if that answers the question of, you know, what is it? How do we tap into it? It really is a process and it takes time. And if you can just open your mind to this idea that you already have that inside of you and give yourself the space for that, then, you know, however that is for you, for me, it's yoga. I think yoga really helped me with that practice of just being still and being present and acceptance for other people. It's, I don't know, art, music, literature, reading, journaling, like whatever it is for you, use that as a practice to at least getting started. Yeah, I love that you finished with that because I think that's the the part that really matters. And the, the, the reason that I brought intuition up at this point was because the way that I see it is you can't, you don't really have the ability to tap into your intuition when you are in that busy, rushed, go, 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 very sympathetic state. You can't, you can't tap into it because you need to have a, a body awareness and an emotional awareness and sensation awareness in order to tap into intuition. Um, before I go any further there, I want to mention to what you said just kind of hammer the point home of we all have intuition. 
I know like some people are more intuitive than others. I'm crazy intuitive. Um, it's something that is, and it's just like my gift. It's just who I am. It's something that has been really exciting to, to come back into for me and in the past year or two, because I always related and identified very, very closely with my logical analytical brain my whole entire life. And I've always been intuitive. Like I said, that was just who I was as a person. And the interesting thing is that for so long, then I, I put that aside and I didn't use that intuition. I was, everything came down to a pros and cons list. Everything came down to, you know, that doesn't make sense on paper. Um, but so the important thing to know is that while there may be more intuitive people like me, we all have intuition. Cause I know a lot of people are like, Oh, like I, I don't have that or I'm not intuitive. And it's like, okay, but I mean, it, you literally do. You're, you are a being, <laughs> you're an animal. Um, you know, we talk about animals having animal instincts. That's the equivalent of intuition. And so back to what I was saying is like, we need to be able to slow down and, have the awareness of ourselves, be able to have the awareness of, like you were saying, bodily sensations. This is why we call things a gut feeling because often when I love the the example you're using of like, maybe somebody told you to do this and you immediately were like, uh, like you just had this, this, a split second. As soon as I said that you had this feeling of like, Oh shit, like that doesn't feel good. Usually in your gut or in your stomach or whatever. But then you can quickly, within seconds, rationalize that away. Oh, they're right. Like, yeah, that makes sense what they're saying. Okay, I'll do that. And so it comes back to what you finished with, and that's getting in touch with, or or like finding what activities, um, practices, habits allow you to get to that state, allow you to tap into your intuition, but also everything we've talked about really so far, your, your feelings, your emotions, thoughts, just this general state of being more in touch with yourself. And so, like you said, yoga for you, yoga is actually it for me. Also, um, meditation is great. Journaling is great, but that's truly it is like finding some of these activities I know for a lot of people, and I'll be curious to get your take on this too. I know for a lot of people that just sounds so uncomfortable and the kind of like knee jerk reaction is I don't have time for that. Or I don't like, I I can't do that. That that makes me uncomfortable. I can't sit still for five minutes. And I always just want to encourage people like you can for one, (laughs) like it is possible but understanding, and you said this too, I think with your work, like meeting people where they're at. And I do truly believe that that's really important, but helping people understand that you can go into it slowly. You don't, like you said, you don't have to sit there and meditate for an hour. You don't have to become a monk. You don't have to do all these crazy things. You don't have to be this woo woo spiritual person to get the benefits of meditation or yoga, or mindfulness, or journaling. But making these things a habit or a practice and finding what works for you, finding how to slow yourself down, 
what are those activities for you? Finding that's really important. And so I'll throw out just like my one quick tip on that. And then I'll throw it over to you would be like, what's something you could do that makes you feel really relaxed or that you did as a kid or that you've always loved to do. And just because you're an adult now, you don't let yourself do anymore. <laughs> like what is one activity? Um, so for example, I use one for my wife. Uh, she's used coloring and, and actually my younger sister does it too. She struggles with anxiety and coloring. Like it sounds so silly and so simple. Like, Oh, I'm an adult. I'm 30 years old. I don't need that. Sure. You may not like quote unquote need it, but it feels pretty damn good to just slow down and color and listen to, you know, some like good music or some chill music or whatever. And so for each of them, that's something that's huge, but we just, again, we don't get taught these things. So as we're talking through this, I don't ever want people to feel frustrated or any shame around like, Oh, if you don't have these practices built in, like you're doing something wrong, but we're just trying to help you with the awareness of like why this is so important. So what do you, do you have any more thoughts about how people can kind of start to build these things in for themselves? Yeah. Well, first I'm smiling as you were sharing that story about your wife coloring uh, a couple months ago, it was my boyfriend's birthday and we decided to blow up balloons and decorate because we were sheltered in place. So I just tried to make it fun. And I got so bored one night that I literally just started doing that balloon game where you throw up the balloon and you toss it and you, you see how long you can keep it in the air without touching the ground. I felt like a child, but I was having so much fun. <laughs> like, it's true. It. It's true. We don't allow ourselves to do these silly things that kids do because we get programmed that we need to move away from that and focus on real shit. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. ugh, it drives me crazy. So yep. but coming back to you know, giving yourself the space to tap into yourself. You know, that's why meditation is so important. It's a practice of clearing your mind so that, and it's not about, you're still going to have thoughts come through. Like you're human. You can't stop thinking, but it's, it's a practice of clearing your mind to allow yourself to tap into the feeling, the intuition, what's really there beneath all the the head trash, right? Um, It is fucking uncomfortable at first. If you've never done it, if you've never sat still for more than two seconds, it's hard. Okay. I, like I said, I was a competitive dancer. I was always on the go. Like in college, I was ridiculously busy every single day. I didn't start practicing yoga until my senior year of college. One of my friends was teaching and she said I could come to her classes for free. So I did even just the sitting still in Shavasana at the end of class for two minutes was the hardest thing. And then I, uh, you know, started practicing at a studio where they do a really high intensity yoga with weights. Um, and I teach that now, uh, among a variety of yoga practices, but the first I went from that to, Oh, let me try this hot style yoga class, which is much slower. You're holding poses for like, I don't know. It felt like, a ridiculously long time. The first time I ever took that class, I thought I was going to have to leave halfway through the class because I couldn't shut my effing brain off. So I know a lot of people who say, oh, slow yoga isn't for me. Meditation isn't for me. Um, You know, gardening, whatever it is that's slow and doesn't take a lot of energy or thought, 
they say, oh, that's not for me. Because it is so uncomfortable, if you've never done it before, to slow the F down because we're afraid that if we do slow down, we're going to feel all the things and it's going to be hard and we don't want to deal with it. Well, newsflash, you're going to have to deal with it. Otherwise, life will throw a curveball at you, aka 20 pounds of weight gain, binge eating, emotional eating, diabetes, uh, you know, whatever it is, cancer, like not to get morbid, but life doesn't let you surpass the things that need to be dealt with. It will show something that gets your attention to help you realize, okay, I need to work on these things. So coming back to how can I make this a practice? Let's say it's meditation. I want to meditate for five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. Rather than thinking of that as something that you have to do, something that you have to add to your schedule, because you're right. People say, oh, I don't have time for that. Uh, one of my mentors, uh, his name is Todd Fink. He's all about mindfulness and he's a really great teacher, storyteller. He was speaking on this and he said, you know, it's not about adding more things to your schedule. It's about stripping away the things that you don't really need so that you can have the space to do nothing or to do the thing that makes you really happy. It's, it's not about doing more. It's about doing less. So I hope that makes sense for people. But yeah, that was kind of my take on what you said. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I just, I love that last part. So I'm just like kind of like sitting with that for a second. But truly, as we were talking about discomfort, I love, I was like nodding my head vigorously as you were, as you were talking because you were like, it's just so spot on. Life will <laughs> if you don't sort your shit out life will force you to sort it out in some way that will happen and i know some people are like oh that's kind of like woo woo or spiritual like i guarantee fucking to you <laughs> life will come at you and make you figure your shit out in some way so so yes making the time in the space now as opposed to having a rock bottom moment or something because that was me like i I had to go through, I had to ram my head against the wall a lot of times and then have a rock bottom moment in my life because I wasn't listening, because I wouldn't slow down. And guess what? When you're in that rock bottom, you don't have any other choice. And I think that's the thing that's huge for us. To, like that's, that's what we're passionate about sharing, right? Is like, you don't have to get to that place but you do have to start doing things that may feel a little bit uncomfortable, may feel a little bit foreign, may feel that they aren't you. And so I do always encourage people to, if your knee jerk response is, oh, that's not for me, or, oh, and that doesn't feel good. I don't like doing that. Guess what? That probably means you need it. <laughs> like, I know, and I, I can, I always start to like laugh inside when I, um, in one of these situations because I always weigh the option. I'm like, is this person ready to hear this or are they not? <laughs> but like those people, and if that's you, it probably means you need it. And so get curious, get a little bit, like try to figure out where they could help you and just get uncomfortable. Really at the end of the day, what we are both talking about here is creating change. We both do it a little bit differently. 
with the people that we work with. But at the end of the day, we're talking about making meaningful change in our lives, getting closer to us, getting to a state where we are more aligned with who we are and what we want as humans. And you have to get a little bit uncomfortable in order to do that so that you don't have to get to that big uncomfortable moment of a rock bottom at some point. Yeah. Oh, well, this has been so much fun uh, to kind of wrap things up here. I wanted to, well, two things. I, I've got a little, a, a three question segment that I want to do with you before we get to that. I want you to talk a little bit about what you're, cause I think you just released an online course. So I want you to talk about that. I think that's an incredible way for, for people to get access to you and what you do, a little bit of feel for that. So what does that look like and why are you excited about it? Yeah, well, I'm oh, so excited about it. So uh, when we first, you know, everything comes back to like when we first were kind of put in this environment of being stuck in our homes and immediately I knew there was going to be a need if there wasn't one already for people struggling with emotional eating and binge eating because I had been there. I know how crappy it feels. I know how to get through it. So I said, okay, I'm stuck at home. (laughs) Let me figure out how to make the most of my time. So I put together my first exclusive online course. It's called how to free yourself from emotional eating and binge eating. And in that I share three practices to support a healthy weight and reclaim a positive relationship with food. So um, I don't know, I guess I can give you the link for that to put in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's really, it's not long. It's a three module course. And a lot of the things we talked about in this podcast are actually in there. And then I expound on it even more. There's a, a free uh, download that you can download an outline to kind of take notes as you listen. There's a self-discovery workbook with a lot of really awesome guiding questions. Some that I use with my clients, some that have helped me kind of get through my struggles. And then once you make your way to the end of the course, you have the opportunity to book a 30 minute call with me uh, to answer any questions that you have, or just to kind of chat and have some real in-person support on that. So yeah, thank you for letting me share that. Yeah, absolutely. No, it sounds awesome. Like you said, I feel like this is probably a a good primer. Like if, if you're listening and if you kind of are feeling into what we're talking about, but you don't really quite know next steps and you want a little bit more of the how to, I would definitely check that out because I think that's, that's probably a perfect jumping off point for people. Um, so yeah, like you said, I'll put that in the show notes below. People can check that out. So to finish, I have the the segment that I call the visionary hat trick. So hockey term, three questions. Um, but I truly believe that we're all visionaries in our own way. And that I'm just always super interested to, you know, obviously talk to you and have, have awesome conversations like this, but then also, um, just to, just these questions, I think, are, are a cool way to to kind of wrap things up. The first one is, what's a belief that you have that others might think is a little bit crazy or that you've worried about being judged for? Oh, what is a belief that I have? Yeah. That other people might be like, well, that's a little crazy or she's a little out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, probably 
everything that we've talked about with food and uh, weight loss being probably the, the biggest <laughs> industry and what people really want when it comes to nutrition and health is uh, a lot of the things that I teach on that, you know, let go of the scale, let go of intense exercise, let mm, go mm-hmm. of counting and tracking. And uh, I sometimes tell my clients to eat comfort foods and to have those indulgences mm-hmm. once in a while. And people might be like, what? Like, what kind of nutritionist are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, but that is such a strong belief that I have. And uh, yeah, maybe that makes me crazy or not a real uh, nutritionist, but uh, so be it. I think it's I think it's more healthy than the mainstream nutrition guidance we have. Perfect. Yep. I I totally agree and I'm I'm all on board for that approach. <laughs> <laughs> um second one is for you and your personal vision and mission. What does that look or feel like as you continue to go forward? Oh man, that's all that's one that I contemplate every day, but really the heart of it, I don't care how simple it sounds. I really just want to help people. The more mm. people that I can reach and make a positive difference for, that is fulfilling my mission. And, you know, how that looks, it kind of changes <laughs> every day. It's mm-hmm. like my business is a flow. You know, I've been testing and trying for the last couple of years, seeing what works, uh, seeing what resonates with people. So that's why I'm trying all these things. Now I've got this online course and I'm teaching virtual yoga, which is very different and uncomfortable for me, but it's what people need during these times. And I'm happy to give that. So, um, yeah, really just helping people in whatever way I can and making sure that it's still in alignment with my purpose and my values and just putting it out there. Mm, So good. (laughs) Finally, we're zooming way out. Just looking at the big picture here. What is your hope for humanity? I want body confidence for all women. Hmm. And men. But I really want women of all shapes, all sizes, all colors, all races to just feel freaking fantastic in their body. That's really yeah. it. And you can't get that from a scale. No, you can't. (laughs) Oh, look at that. Perfectly full circle. (laughs) So much fun talking, Lindsay. I've so enjoyed this. I feel like we may have to do another one or two or five, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm all for it. It's a good, good, uh, good intro to, to us and you know what you do. So thank you so much for being on. I truly appreciate it. And everybody, uh, you can find Lindsay at the links below, Lindsay, what else besides like where, where's the best place for people to find you basically? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at mind body kitchen, uh, my website, mindbodykitchen.org, And all my personal contact info is on there. So you can reach out to me directly if you want. Cool. So I will have that all below guys. Lindsay is amazing. If you didn't already gather that from this conversation, I would absolutely trust her with, anything when it comes to food, eating, psychology, feeling good about yourself, and just, uh, just, just being a friend. So, Lindsay, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Hey, yo. Thanks so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
Just a reminder that all the relevant links can be found in the show notes below, as well as that of our free Facebook community, where all the cool kids are at, just being ourselves, sharing our gifts, and supporting the hell out of one another. So come on in, introduce yourself, and join the party. See you in there.